Well, good evening, brethren, and welcome back to our conversations with the beloved disciple. I'm Phil Robertson, joined by Dr. Mark Lloyd, and I guess we need to begin with an apology and a, an appreciation message. So we weren't able to have the class last week. We uh, had had COVID exposures. Neither one of us had it. We are good. Yes. We are good. But uh, we're just around some folks who had had COVID, and we just wanted to be cautious since we are fairly close to one another. Uh, for those of you that may be wondering, uh, we actually see each other quite a bit during the week, so we kind of consider uh, our families together. So that's why you see us together here, but most of the time we are wearing a mask and being very cautious. But you've got the advantage. Uh, you've had the first shot, and you've got the second I one. I have coming. the first shot, and my second one comes this week, Thursday. So I will have had the two vaccines, uh, which I, I'm delighted yeah. to have and had I'm that jealous. opportunity. <laughs> so uh, that'll be good. Yeah. And Diana will have hers coming up, her second one soon. So it's, it's good. Good. And I'm hoping that all of our 65 and olders are availing themselves in this congregation of finding uh, these vaccines. Interestingly enough, the rollout hasn't been as rapid as no, we had hasn't. hoped. And so it's been difficult for some to find the vaccine, and I'm sad about this, but it's out there, and let's get those vaccines. Uh, Cheryl has her second one coming up Friday. Being in the medical field helps her. We sent out a message. It's been a couple of weeks now about Paul Medical, and uh, we appreciate Jim Miller for letting us know that Paul Medical uh, was supplying the vaccine to those who are 65 and older. But from what I understand... Even even Paul Medical has has run out. But if we hear we hear of any opportunities for anyone to get the vaccine, uh, especially those who would like to get the vaccine, we will be sure and let you know through our Know My Jesus email group. All right. Anything else about that? No. Nope. We begin. Okay. Well, let's get into it. We are in John chapter eighteen tonight, and as always. If you haven't had the opportunity to do so, please read this chapter. Just pause the video, read the chapter, because we're just discussing some of the big points in the message that jump out to us. And when you get to John chapter 18, uh, there are many things uh, in this chapter that we would like to discuss. So it's highly probable we're going to quit uh, at verse 27 and save our Lord's meeting with Pilate until next week and combine 18 and 19 together. So just so you know, as we head into this, we're probably not going to get all the way through chapter 18 uh, this evening. But just as a quick recap, here's where we are uh, in the ministry of our Lord Jesus. He and his disciples have left the upper room and they've been traveling through Jerusalem. And he's been continuing his messages to them, talking about the Holy Spirit to come, praying with them, possibly on the outskirts of town, and sharing that very beautiful uh, prayer in chapter 17. And so when we get to 18, John tells us our Lord is now passing over the brook Kidron. And let me just stop right there. To me, this is significant. Uh, we know that our Lord and his disciples are there to observe the Passover. They just observed the Passover meal. And so everyone in town, and there would have been a lot of people in town, are there to participate in the Passover. So there were tens of thousands, who knows, maybe even hundreds of thousands of lambs 
as some historians say, that were offered uh, to the Lord. And if you know anything about the temple complex, that blood from the altar would flow from the temple down outside the walls of Jerusalem and into the brook. And it's likely as Jesus and his disciples are passing over the brook Kidron, that it is possibly still stained red. Uh, that is a possibility, just throwing that out there to you. But if you think about it, here is the Lamb of God now passing over this brook and going to the garden. Uh, and John doesn't tell us much about the garden and the prayers in the garden. I, I'm saying that he probably doesn't have to because he has read uh, the other three Gospels, and they've handled that very nicely, what happened there. But what he does, then he goes to a scene uh, that he wants to bring out, which is in all four. We're going to, uh, about the denial uh, and the arrest, but he, he does it with a significantly different stance uh, and circumstance than the other three Gospels do. Well, let's talk about that. And that's where we're going to pick it up here in chapter uh, 18. It says in verse 3, So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, went there with laterns, lanterns and torches and weapons. Now, this is so interesting. They're going to arrest a rabbi. A man who has dedicated his life to simply helping people, constantly has been avoiding any kind of violent situation, has been running from opportunities to be made king, would run off into the wilderness, as John tells us in John 6. And so here they're now coming out against him as if he is some hardened criminal, some notorious criminal who's been on the run. And uh, according to some historians, there could have been hundreds well, of men coming here, out. Uh, it says a Roman cohort, cohort in my right. translation, and that's at least 600 men. That's a battalion. So he has that 600 plus then the officers of the Jewish court and then all the friends and everybody's there because we're going to see about a lot of friends being there. There could have been up to four or seven, eight hundred men coming after one man. Now, my assumption is from uh, the rulers, they're saying... Well, you know, if Jesus may know that we're coming. Maybe he has, he has gotten his group of people. We don't know how many people he might have out there to resist this arrest. And we'd better go and make sure we have it. Well, and Judas would have heard Peter and the others say, we'll die for you. Uh, who knows if that played into it. But, but nonetheless, they're coming out with torches. They're expecting to have to look for him. They're, there's going to be a fight. They're ready for a fight. And Jesus is not there to fight at all. No. Uh, and I believe what you find when this cohort, when this band comes out to arrest Jesus and they ask, where is Jesus? He immediately stands up and goes, I'm right here. And the text tells us that when he does that, they drew back and fell to the ground. Was it a miracle? Did, did Jesus kind of show and assert his authority? Or was it the first men were just surprised, fell back, and then everybody fell? But nonetheless, John, John points out to us that simply the Lord's presence commanded the attention of all those who were there. I think that may have been in 
respect of potentially what they thought he might be able to do. They've seen a lot of good things that he has done miraculously. This, this text is interesting to me. You put Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John together, or Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You have, you have Judas coming up to Jesus, and I think he did this very quickly. He goes up to him, kisses him. We hear in Luke and Mark, go ahead and do this, do this quickly, and are you coming to betray the Son of Man with a kiss? So these yeah. things have happened, but I see Judas almost rushing up to him to kiss him, then backs away. Now we have all of this group coming up uh, behind him, and it's now as if Jesus says, who are you looking for? Well, Jesus the Nazarene. Right. Well, he's... He's already been kissed, supposedly. John doesn't say a word about that. He only no. gets, says that Judas is around there somewhere. He's not going to give him any, any Well, he's John is not, definitely you know, very strong in his opinion you know, of Judas, the one who betrayed exactly. him all through and the so the he's book. not yes. giving him yeah. any props yeah. here. He says, I'm he. He identifies himself. It's as if he really didn't have to be kissed. I'm we're after Jesus. Well, I am He. Yeah. And they fall to the ground. He says, "Who are you after?" I can see him looking around. <laughs> Jesus and Nazareth. I told you, I'm Him. I'm He. Yeah. And, and so, and I think He's doing this because of what He's been saying and praying. None of my men are are going to be hurt. It's not going to happen. And what's the first thing He says here? You're after me. Let them, let them go. Let them go. Let them go. And so we're going to see that they hold on just for a minute or two uh, for Peter at least to pull his sword and try to hit somebody. But uh, then they run. Yeah. Then they run. Then the disciples got so, so you're going to say it's more of they were intimidated by Jesus or nervous What's he going to do miraculously that no, made them fall I, back? I really think there was just a little trip. What are we getting into I, here? I think it's an intimidation thing and a potential miraculous thing. Uh, they've heard that he's, he's raised people from the dead. He's walked on water. He's calmed storms. What could he do? Well, and I guess ultimately, you know, was it a miracle? Was it intimidation? You know, were they just scared? But ultimately, the point is, Jesus is giving himself up. And he makes it clear to all of those men who came out to arrest him, it's just me you want. I'm the only one who's going to die tonight. Nobody else let all these men go. And hence the point of our Lord proclaiming, this is now my hour and I'm ready to accept it uh, and move on. Now, you mentioned Peter in the sword. Uh, John tells us who Peter attacked. And it's probably just the closest person to him uh, is Malchus. And Malchus is identified in the text. Now, to me, I think that's kind of significant. Uh, if you think about many times in the text, whether it's Nicodemus or we're going to see later Joseph of Arimathea and now Malchus, these people who are considered to be on the opposing team, but they're mentioned by name in Scripture. To me, that speaks to John knowing that those who are going to read his gospel will know these individuals. And he knows them. He knows them. He knows Malchus. Uh, He's a friend of the high priest. We've already heard that. Right. This is uh, the servant of the high priest. So he knows Malchus. And he sees, probably in horror, 
of Peter slashing out with his and missing everybody but his ear. I mean, it, probably he was trying to cut off his head. Yeah. And, and he just gets the ear. And, of course, we know from Luke, we know which ear it is. And we know that he heals it. So <laughs> well, Jesus, you, yeah, did. Yeah, well, and he hears it's the right ear. That's yeah, right. So, well, yeah. well and, then, and then Luke tells us that he healed the, mm-hmm. the ear. So each of uh, uh, the gospel writers will then tell you a full story. And that's the point I want to make about this one uh, with Judas and the betrayal. We would not know the whole story if you didn't read all four Gospels. Right. Well, John, though, is going to assume you know those details. The three. Yeah. And And so so I'm going to fill in some things that I think that are very important about the authority of Jesus, about uh, the magnificence of Jesus, about Jesus being personally our Savior and protector of us. And so I'm going to bring those things out, which were not done in the previous well, and, and then he says to Peter, and this kind of gets back to our main point, put your sword in its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father right. has given me? This is not your fight. This is mine. And he heals Malchus. And, and I think it's kind of interesting, too, and, and some historians uh, allude to this. Yeah, John may have known Malchus because he certainly had a relationship with the high priest's family. But maybe Malchus was later a Christian. Could this would certainly be a reason to believe. Uh, if you lose your ear one minute, in the next minute, you know, Jesus is putting it back on your head. Well, like that's what Mark did yeah. when he talked about Simon Cyrene and yeah. the parent of yeah. uh, Rufus and Alexander. Rufus and Alexander very likely must yeah. have been Christians. Yeah, and so John's writing now later saying, yeah. y'all know Malchus? That's right. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. I was there when he lost his ear. That's uh, right. I saw that. So the band of soldiers then and, and the captain of the officers of the Jews. And, and what's interesting, that would have been a secret police force, if you will, for the Sanhedrin. So the Sanhedrin has its own police force, much like in our capital today. You have the capital officers uh, in Washington, D.C. So all of them are there. They take Jesus. And the first place they lead him to is the high priest, who isn't really the high priest, but still carries all the political power of the high priest. Well, I take the point that Annas probably was the high priest that the Jews recognized they didn't care for Caiaphas being put in there by the Romans. Caiaphas was put in by the Romans, and the Romans said, you're the high priest. Well, you can call him the high priest if you want to. Our high priest is Annas, and so they take him to Annas first. Now, it's John who tells us this. Yeah. The other three Gospels do not. Well, even if they did want to go to him first, uh, maybe he was the Jews taught to go yeah. to him first. The Talmud tells us, that the Jews didn't think too highly of that family, Annas and his family. The Talmud says, woe to those of the house of Annas, woe to those in the serpent's den. Uh, there was a lot of corruption, clearly, in, <laughs> in their uh, religious order of yeah, that day. I don't think we can even get into how bad the priesthood sure. was and the high priest and in all of these political situations that you had. And well, as, as John told us earlier, you know, it, it is the idea that one man should die for the sake yeah. of the others. Uh, and so they, they go there first. And, uh, and, and then it's, it's interesting. John will pause for a moment and go to Peter. Yeah. And, and this is where John, in very clear detail, begins to list the denials of Peter. Now, clearly John and Peter are close. Uh, 
John's even going to mention Peter as the two of them are those that run to the tomb. Yes. Uh, why spend so much? Now, this is in the other Gospels also, so why spend time on this? I think it's the relationship that Peter has with Jesus and what is ultimately going to become of that. And it shows us the human side uh, of the apostles in the sense of this is the depth that Peter went right. to the point, and, and I'm even documenting that to the point uh, that here he is denying and then cursing uh, and Jesus already having predicted to Peter that that was going to happen. And I think John is saying, Peter, this is what's happened. Uh, this happened to you. And it, we have to be careful about any of our, all of ourselves about denying Jesus. Yeah. And, and there's certainly, I, I would say, an element of hope here from the standpoint how far can you go away from Jesus and his loving arm can still reach you? Yeah. Well, we Peter, know that Peter Luke, shows us. We, yeah. we know in Luke that Jesus looked at yeah. Peter when this happened and Peter went out and wept bitterly. So he was already self and, and there's something, But there's still something very endearing to me about Peter. Peter's going to be very bold and speak up. Peter's also going to draw the sword. Uh, right or wrong, that still took a lot of courage. He was literally ready to fight and die. I mean, one against 600, if it's a whole cohort, yeah. th this is not going to be a fair fight if you're just fighting in manly terms Especially without the assistance. Hit it only but in the ear. He's in, <laughs> so he's now, in deep trouble. So now, he's a bad swordsman as well. You know, okay. Yeah, he's just a fisherman. Peter, go get your net. You'd have right. better luck with a net than a sword. <laughs> But he, den he, he begins to deny, but he, he's only denying Jesus because he was following Jesus. And, 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 and just hear me out on this. He, he was following at a distance. And it's the old proverb of being in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people and all alone. I, I think there was probably an intensity in that evening with the people who were in the crowd and here is Jesus being uh, being tried, uh, and, and this is a hostile crowd. Now, the hostility is being directed at Jesus, and here is his followers. And now there's one that they know it's in there, and they've identified John because John knows the high priest. Right. But here's another one, seemingly sort of sneaking in and sitting over there by the fire. And there's now different people just identifying him says, you're with Jesus. Yeah, a serving girl who's just yeah, holding the door. Yeah. Wait, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Your, your Galilean accent tells me that weren't you with Jesus? And then the, the servant's cousin <laughs> says, I know that you're in that group. You're the one who cut off Malchus's ear. And so the identification is getting stronger and stronger. But to make this point, these apostles are going to be extremely fearful of their lives over the next three days. They're, they're in locked rooms. Sure. Well, and rightly so. Yes. Rightly so. Who wouldn't be scared? But I, I, I still think it's very endearing to see that Peter is... He wants to be there, but he's scared to be there. And, 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 and he's going to come to a moment in his life that clearly he'll never forget, but a moment that's going to take him to a, a deep despair. And I, I think you see with Peter in his denial, 
uh, if there was ever a point that Peter needed to really understand that I need salvation too. I mean, I've done a lot of good things maybe, but it's sometimes hard for us sometimes to really feel our need for salvation until we hit a point where we really need salvation. And denying the Lord, especially three times after Jesus told you you would do it, and hearing that rooster crow and seeing Jesus face to face, that was his moment. And we understand Jesus and God forgive and forget. But I, I think we have to define what that forget, forget means. means because, because it's been recorded. Well, not only that is it been recorded. But the Lord's going to continue to bring up to Peter this denial in, in, in ways of making him say that he does love Jesus right. and will work for him. You deny me three times and we'll see that later. Well, I'm going to make you confess three times. And so and we'll see I, that I, think, in John I think we have that today. There is a forgiven and a forget. But what do we have? We have our own conscience. We have our own mind. And when we have sinned, I think that comes up again and again in our lives and in our minds to do what? To let us know that we don't need to go back there again. Right. And so a reminder is not bad. Well, and, and for Peter to be reminded that He's been freed from that guilt. Yes. He's been freed from that shame. And, and well, what a message now to share with others. Exactly. That's and, the whole point. And even Peter. Peter even denied. Peter, even Peter, you know, is yes. kind of the message uh, going forward. So, so John pulls that out, shows that to us. Uh, now, you go back to, and, and here's, it's almost as if John is, is editing a movie. Peter, the arrest. Peter, you know, now here's Jesus before the high priest. And so in verses 19 to 24, Jesus before the high priest. And they're demanding Jesus answer some questions. And Jesus just comes out very clearly and says, what have I done? You, you, you've seen and known everything that I've done. I've never tried to override you. I've never tried to do the things that you're accusing me of. And, and it's interesting one of the officers, because of Jesus' reply, slaps Jesus. This is the first physical, if you will, battery assault against Jesus that's boy, just going to continue to escalate yes. through the evening. Uh, but Jesus takes the blow from his hand, and the rebuke is, is that how you answer the high priest? Is there some irony in that? Yes. The highest of high priests. Is this and how you <laughs> answer the high priest after I have slapped you? Yeah. Uh, do you know the Hebrew letter in Hebrews 4? We know Jesus yes. is Our high priest. the yes. high priest. And Jesus answered, if what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. And this is what's going to be neat in the sense that this trial is so corrupt they can't find a witness no. to credibly accuse Jesus and even when they do get some witnesses later the witnesses contradict themselves if what I said is wrong bear witness about the wrong but if what I said is right why do you strike me now when he says that though Annas goes alright you're off the campus 
And, and then he goes and off. And we don't hear a thing about Caiaphas in John. Not in John. John in doesn't John. deal with it. No. And uh, it's as if John just doesn't want to go there. That's right. Uh, and so it was a sham of a trial and it's covered in the other three Gospels. Uh, you know what happened with Caiaphas uh, and they condemned him to die uh, because of his blasphemy and so-called blasphemy. And that's the charge they're going to drum up to take him to Pilate. And of course, blasphemy is not going to work with Pilate. No. So they have to come up with some other things we find out in Luke. But the key is this is the one that they think that they can condemn him to die in the Hebrew law. Right. You blaspheme. If you go back to the beginning of this gospel and you see where John is leading us so that we'll know he is the son of God, that Jesus was the lamb of God, as the apostle John uh, announces in John 1. We, we, we see here in these final moments of Jesus crossing over the brook, a brook that would have had the lamb of the blood in it, going to the garden, saying, arrest me, let everybody else go. And then now, even before Annas, the high priest, he makes it clear, I'm going as an innocent man to die for those who are truly guilty. Even those who have the best intentions like Peter, I'm dying for them. To me, it's kind of powerful when you kind of see where John is just leading us and leading our train of thought. So anything else you got? I think for time's sake, we just kind of need to leave it right there. Because if we start with the trial with Pilate, that goes on into chapter 19 yes. and we're already out of time. So anything else you got on these verses then? No, I, I think that uh, we've as superficially covered them as best we can. <laughs> well, hopefully it's helping you uh, as, as we try to really just spend some time just meditating uh, on this wonderful gospel that's been shared to us by the beloved disciple, uh, John. So next week, we'll pick it up right there where our Lord goes before Pilate. And that's going to be an extended conversation that will carry over into chapter 19. And we'll see Jesus uh, being shown to us as not just the king, but reminding us that his kingdom is not of this world. So anything else you want to say to everybody before we uh, dismiss? I just want to thank the brethren for being uh, at worship service with this past Sunday. We had 67 in the 830 hour, which yeah. is a record for us. That was wonderful. And so actually it got a little closer to what the number was for the 10 o'clock hour. And so we continue to ask you, please come out. Uh, 830, we still have a lot of room here where we can socially distance. Uh, and we're wearing our mask. And we feel safe as it poss possibly can be. So please Come and be with us, either 8.30 or 10 o'clock. And, and beginning this Sunday, uh, we're going to begin children's classes again for the smaller children now. And, and so that is going to resume as well. So children's classes at 9.30. And so we want to encourage all the parents, all the families to be here promptly uh, in 9.30 because it's only going to be a 20-minute class period. The middle school and the high school class, uh, Lord willing, will also resume. Uh, this coming Sunday. So we'll have a lot going on at the building, but we want to just share with any and everyone out there who, who still feels uh, insecure about getting out. We're, we're going to do whatever we can to accommodate you. Uh, we are wearing the mask. We are social distancing. Uh, but if there's some other needs or other reservations that you have that we can help you with, please reach out to us because uh, we'd love to do all that we can 
uh, to get our family back together as much as we can in one place. Uh, and so if we can do something to help you, let us know. You got anything else? That's good. All right. Well, it's good to be back. And we appreciate everybody's input and for everybody who's been sharing us uh, their thoughts uh, in this study. And as always, if you have any questions or comments or anything you'd like to share, please let us know. But thanks so much for joining us and have a wonderful evening. Good night.